PCC, what's going on? How are you today? I'm Elijah. I'm Ellis. And we are here, back again, and it's June. Whoop! Right? It is. Yep, gotcha. Oh my gosh. Snuck that in there. Swoop! Gotcha. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ellis is going to need a minute. Yeah. I'm but it's June. The sixth month of 2022 is already upon us. What? It's basically summer. You've been feeling it. We had a little bit of a stretch last week where it was like in the mid-70s. But it came with a bunch of rain, so, like, a little bit ruined, uh, at least for being in it. But, like, this, the 90, the 90, the 94, 95 stuff, it's got to go, bro. Anytime you pull up the weather app and it says very hot yeah. or has a cactus on there, that's yeah. bad. Yeah. It's not good. Right, yeah. We, we can, you can miss me with those. Yeah. But hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend last weekend. What did you end up doing? Uh, we went to a couple cookouts. Um, Classic. Did some chilling by the pool. That was fun. Mm, chilling uh, and grilling. Yeah. So, yeah, it was good. How about you? Yeah. I went to my parents, which yeah. is where we end up usually going. We were there basically the whole day. My kid and my nephew, like, love playing in this little kiddie pool. And uh, so they were doing that for, like, hours. Yeah. It was pretty legit. Yeah. Then me and my brother threw a Frisbee, which was fun. Haven't done that in a while, just casually. So that was cool. Except it was pretty hot on actual Memorial Day. So we can only do it, but for so long. Because yeah. there's, like, no shade in the front of my parents yard so but it was still good it was still still a nice little piece of activity that i got to do are you feeling the the frisbee throwing muscles back no. here no no you're good mine are uh mine are pretty well <laughs> mine are pretty well kept and managed okay so sweet that's about the one muscle that i don't <laughs> feel or overexert okay. regularly so you know it's uh so i got one of them right i got one that i'm doing pretty well on and I don't even know where the frisbee throwing muscle is. You did ba a back here thing. Yeah, I can feel it back here. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, 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 yeah. Back here. It's a me. Yeah. Body okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. What's happening? I don't. We're know. glad that you're here. It's church. Yeah. And uh, we're Believe excited to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh brother. Oh brother. <laughs> we're in the middle of our Oh brother series. We're talking about James. Mm -hmm. Super practical book in the Bible. We've uh, talked about. Um, uh, a couple of those already. We have five weeks in this series, I believe, and this is week three. So we're like smack in the middle. Yep. Uh, and there's only five chapters in the book. So, you know, five weeks, five chapters. We'll essentially cover the whole book of James, but you can literally read the book of James in like a 10-minute sitting. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Like your morning Devo could be reading the book of James. Mm. So you should do that. In fact, you know what? I'm going to issue a challenge. Oh, how about this? Okay. Each week of this series, each week of the series, you read the book of James one time. Like, I'm not saying every single day. Yeah. You, yeah. Uh, oh. uh, <laughs> you did it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Not even every single day. Literally, you could read less than a chapter a day and still accomplish that task. Mm -hmm. Can you do it? 
Will you do it? I'm down. Can we agree? Can yeah. we agree live today that for the remainder of the series, we're gonna read James once a week? It's a James, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Mario. Yeah. 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 So you're with us. If you're with us, put in the chat right now. Right. I'm with you. Put that in the chat. It's right here on your phone. It's over there on the computer. Let's do it. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good stuff. What else we got going on, man? Oh, wait. Uh, oh, you were about to say something. No, I'm just I'm making sure we all understand the challenge. Yeah. Okay. Every time we get back here, yep. we've completed a one reading of, reading of okay. the James. All right, cool. Now, you can go, I mean, you can go extra credit, and you can read more than that, and it wouldn't even be hard. But one is the is the actual challenge. Do we have to grade their their work or no? Yeah, we'll just right, cool. we'll just like throw random scripture references in and you gotta <laughs> you gotta tell us which one it is. Yeah. No, nah, we won't do that because there ain't no pressure. But it's just easy. It's easy. It's super relevant to your life today, and uh, so why, like you know, why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's gonna help you grow. Um, you asked what we're doing. Or yeah, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, plenty is my answer. Yeah, uh, we have a ton of summer events coming up, but one I'll point out, or okay. the first one I'll point out, is Mega Camp. Mega mm-hmm. Camp's happening everywhere. It's coming up soon. It's where summer camp meets PCC kids, and you like mash them together, and it's pretty awesome. So. Yeah. Go to the website, find out where that's happening near you, yep. get your kids signed up, and then you sign up, yep. too, to volunteer. Yeah, seriously, we need volunteers, and, like, volunteering for Mega Camp is, like, it's so easy. Oh, yeah. But it's super fun, because most of the time you could lead. You could you could flex your Frisbee muscle and lead some kids in Frisbee or basketball or art. I'm pretty sure there's a Lego track this year, oh. which, like, you know, you don't have to tell people publicly, but... If you had Legos in front of you now, you would be building them. That's just, like, it's just a fact for everybody. So you could lead that. There's so much to do. There's plenty of behind-the-scenes stuff to do. So why don't you come out? Why don't you sign your kid up? Why don't you volunteer as well? Yeah. And there's mega camps, and there's mega nights. Ah, Each campus is doing a different one, so you'll want to check out the one that's local to you. Be a part of that. Yeah. What else? What else? I mean, there's baptisms coming up at oh, all of yeah. our campuses. There's growth tracks coming up at all of our campuses and online. There's the mission trip for students coming up in July. There's a float trip for our students at the end of July. There's, I mean, like, you know, we could we could spend the rest of this time just talking about all that stuff. Yeah. Or you could find it and get all the actual details on our website. <laughs> pccwire.net yes. slash events. You can check that out. We'd love for you to be involved in some of this stuff. Because, I mean, you know, it's essentially for you, for you and your families to get to know each other, to connect with other people who are trying to connect with God and build that strong community that'll push you forward, that'll be there for you, and that you can have a good time with. So it's going to be it's gonna be legitness. It's going to be a fun summer. As they say. Le- yep. <laughs> legitness. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> If you know, you know. If you know the reference, you know. <laughs> anyway, we're really excited that you're here. Seriously, if you're new here, fill out a welcome card at some point so we know how to pray for you, how we can serve you, what it is we can do for you, and also just say thanks for spending an hour, even if the first eight minutes of it are a little chaotic, with us. We're glad you're here. We know that you'll glad, you'll be glad that you were here when it's all said and done, but it's time to worship. Yes. It's time. Let's do it. See you in there. At PCC, we take Jesus seriously. When he said, love God with all your heart, we think he actually meant it. So, we do.
about God from passionate teachers. We make worship and studying the Bible a daily part of our lives. We wrestle with Scripture together and on our own. And we go wherever He leads us to help others do the same thing. Jesus also said, love your neighbor as yourself. And we think He meant that too. So we spend time together because we think relationships matter. We offer help when it's needed. We live generously. We give sacrificially. And we welcome everybody. We take Jesus seriously, but not ourselves. We're the least likely people with the most amazing God and a passionate vision to love God and to love others. To reach people who don't go to church so that we can all know God, discover purpose, get real, make a difference, and be the change. glad you are here today. Welcome to church. Welcome everyone to church. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. Let's start today with a celebration. Come on, join us. Every morning, rising like the dawn, God of all creation, the wonder of it all. You're the sun of freedom, you're the only way. Every new beginning is by grace.
your understanding and your peace, oh Lord, I am changed. Oh Lord, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. Amen. Woo! Oh, yeah. You can join us sing. I was buried beneath my shame. Yes, I was. Oh, who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb. Yeah. Till I met you. Oh, that's right. Oh, come and join us. I was breathing, but not. A lie, oh yes, oh, oh my failures I tried to hide, oh yeah, it was my tomb, Jesus, till I
all that God has done in my life. He's truly changed me and led me to new places I never thought I'd get to be. In the Bible, it says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we get the chance to sing about that today. There is freedom in the peace that Jesus offers to us. So let's lift our hands, let's shout the name of Jesus because there is nothing else in this world that can bring us peace like our Savior King, Jesus.
going to sing my song like I am unashamed. What powerful words those are, right? You know, many of us come to church with a desire to connect with God like that in an open, vulnerable way like that. It reminds me of so many stories I've heard about people here at PCC. One story I heard recently was about somebody who'd been serving, but she was also struggling. She was struggling with addiction. She came to a point where she admitted that she needed help, and she reached out to one of her team leaders who helped her get into a recovery program. And when it was finished, her PCC team leader invited her to come back to share her story with her teammates. And her immediate reaction was, fear. She said, I can't do that. I feel like I'm going to be judged. I don't feel like I belong on this team anymore. I get it. And you probably get it too. You have probably felt something similar because we all struggle with something, don't we? We can all carry a sense of shame about something that we've done that we know isn't quite right. But shame is not of God, y'all. Shame is not of God. In fact, God invites us to sing our song like we're unashamed, to turn to him in freedom and repentance and accept his love and grace. Even as we work through our struggles, we can worship him together as a community. We welcome one another with grace because of Jesus. And that's exactly what happened to that young woman. She came back to her team who accepted her with grace and loving arms. Through the power of Jesus, we can do that. So I want to invite you to go back just a little bit and sing the song, just part of it one more time, as a reminder that we are not perfect people, not at all. But we are broken people, imperfect people, living in a community of grace. The peace and the freedom that Jesus offers us, all because of him. So Amanda's going to lead us one more time, and we're going to declare that truth that there's no one who can bring us the peace that Jesus does. Let's sing it together from that space of honesty. Amanda? There's no Jesus, and we thank you that you meet us right here where we are. 
Thank you for this community that transcends time and space so that we can be together and love you and experience your love in return. We continue to turn our attention to you, God, as this service continues, that our, our, our hearts would be opened and our ears would hear what you need to, for us to hear in this day, in this time. Our focus and our attention and our love is on you, Jesus. Amen. We have come to worship today. Maybe you've joined us for an opportunity to worship too, or maybe you're not quite ready to worship God yet because you're not sure he's real. That's okay. Wherever you're coming from today, we're glad that you're here. Welcome to Passion Community Church. I'm Ellis Hobson, student coordinator at our Powhatan campus. I'm Tanner Iglio, and I get super excited about worship because I'm the worship coordinator here at our Powhatan campus. Thank you so much for doing church with us today, and please let us know how we can help you. We can send you a free Bible so that you can read with us and learn from the book of James, which is what our O Brothers series is all about, and we can send you more information about how you can get connected here at PCC, and we will be honored to pray for you. So submit a welcome card to let us know how we can serve you. It's going to be an exciting summer around here, so check out this update. Well, hey, we've got some exciting news to share, but first, a little background. A little over a year ago, as we were beginning to emerge from the pandemic and all the uh, trouble of the last couple of years, our senior pastor, Brian, and uh, John, as leader of our steering team, began to realize that our senior staff team that we called the strategic leadership team needed a break. Um, now, that team... Uh, had been meeting together about once a week pre-pandemic, and then we were meeting every day, seven days a week for a period of time. We worked really hard. Uh, of course, our whole team worked really hard, yes. and you guys were amazing. You were faithful to show up however you could to give, uh, but it was a hard season for all of us, wasn't it? So about a year ago, as we began emerging, they went to our strategic leadership team and said, everybody needs to take a break. We call them a sabbatical, a chance to recharge, to reconnect with people who are important to us, ultimately to reconnect with God. So a year ago, the first members of our SLT began taking their sabbaticals. We've been going one at a time. I'm really grateful. I got to take mine a couple months ago. I got to reconnect with God. I got to rest, get renewed, reconnect with my family. And now it's time for the last two members of our SLT to take their breaks, Brian and Susan Hughes. And as the leader of our team, Brian probably needed the break most of all. So I'm excited that he has this opportunity. And John, I just want to say thank you again for the gift of those breaks. Well, Angie, uh, it's really my privilege to be here to represent the steering team. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the, the steering team is the uh, volunteer uh, leadership team that ultimately oversees decision-making for the church. Now, we don't do a lot of day-to-day. -day, we don't do any day-to-day. -day. Uh, that's the strategic leadership team. That's Brian and Angie and Susan and, and many others uh, who you, you know their names and are familiar with uh, the people who run the day-to-day -day of the church. And if I can just dig a little bit deeper into what Angie just said, COVID was hard on all of us. <laughs> However... It was not harder on hardly anyone else than pastors in our community right. at this church and at other churches. Mm -hmm. It was just a, if we can just speak truth, yeah. it was brutal. It was, brutal. It was a brutal it really season. Was. 
And one of the primary jobs of the steering team, well, the primary job of the steering team is to protect the church. And there's no uh, better or uh, uh, more important directive that we have than to protect the health of the strategic leadership team and specifically Brian and Susan Hughes as with Brian being the senior pastor. And so 10 years ago, Brian took a sabbatical 10 years into his ministry at PCC. And so the timing was actually pretty perfect that we thought that it was time for he and Susan to take another extended sabbatical. And so we're just super excited. Uh, We keep a very close pulse, probably, uh, certainly one of our top jobs is to keep a pulse on Brian's health. And let me assure you, Brian is in good health. Uh, he's in good shape. We've been watching that. Uh, we've we've stood by him. He's been well-resourced to stay healthy uh, through this last couple of years. And so this is the steering team's uh, desire to invest in his health for the next 10 years and the health of the strategic leadership team. So, so Angie, on behalf of the steering team, thank you. Brian, thank you. And we just couldn't be more excited uh, than to make this investment and, and help you for the, the, you and the church in the future. Well, I'm really grateful for, for the time as well. I love doing what I do. Uh, just to make sure everybody's clear, I'm not in a bad spot. I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a pretty good spot, but like, like Angie and John have said, this, the SLT, we, there, there was something we gave uh, there was something we lost in the in the COVID uh, era. It was it was absolutely grueling, and so this is an opportunity for us to sort of reclaim a part of our soul. And uh, I'm in, I'm in a good place, but I'm really really excited <laughs> to get to just breathe for a minute. And so I'll be gone most of this summer. Um, and and I, I am I have such great level of confidence about uh, the team that's around us, the team that's around you, all over our church. We've got people that really uh, are going to handle our church really well, and I don't have any worry about that at all. Thank you for giving me uh, and Susan some time uh, this summer. We love what we do. I love to do what God has called us to do and to be a part of this great place, and, I'm, and I look forward to seeing you again in the fall. So, so thank you, and thank you. We're going to miss Brian while he's gone, but we're also excited that he's going to get some time away, and we look forward to seeing how God will renew him this summer. But we're not pushing pause while he's away. There are people all around us who aren't going to church or living their fullest lives possible, and it's our mission to reach them. So stay with us while we help kids come to know God at Mega Camp and help adults discover their purpose through a growth track, which is now available on demand. Man, there's some good memories from Mega Camp, man. I've gotten to coach football, basketball, ultimate frisbee, the dancing. If you haven't been a part of Mega Camp, try to find a way to get there because it's awesome. And for the first time, we are hosting the Global Leadership Summit at PCC. This conference experience equips all of us to lead more effectively at church and at work so that we can do what God has called us to do. This is the last day to get a special promo discount for PCCers, so don't miss out on that if you want to attend. And you can find more information about all the things happening this summer and GLS on our website. Recently, we heard from a man who grew up here as a teenager, a lot like Tanner did. He got the full experience. He came to church and small group, got baptized here, and went on mission trips. As a young adult, he had a crisis of belief that happens sometimes as we transition from one phase of life to another. He was honest with us about 
is grappling with how a good God could allow so much pain in the world and how the church hadn't been able to fix it. As he moved out and away from home, he also moved away from church for a while, but not forever. A few years later, he found his way back to faith in Jesus and back to church with us online from far away. He shared that the last few years have brought perspective. Now he's able to see just how much PCC did to help him with life and faith and to help relieve some of the pain in the world. He said that the foundation he got here gave him a place to return to where he could build a stronger, more mature relationship with Jesus. Our church exists to reach people who don't go to church. Some of them have never been to church, but others used to go to church every week. And for all sorts of reasons, they walked away at some point, becoming people who don't go to church anymore. We exist to reach them, too. Yes, we do. Our doors and our hearts are always open, whether it's your first time at church or it's your first time back to church. And if you're here and have a relationship with Jesus already, you have that foundation, then you get to be a part of opening the doors, literal ones that come into our buildings and figurative ones into conversations and relationships for those who are coming or coming back. When you give here, you help kids and students build a foundation of faith that will never leave them, even if they leave it for a while. You help make this place that's accepting of all people so that we can all know God and live our fullest lives possible. If you'd like to be a part of that, then you can give safely right now. Click the link in the chat or visit our website. Would you pray with us? God, we're grateful for the foundation we can stand on that we find in you. And we're grateful for how you help others build that foundation here at PCC as kids and students through events like Mega Camp and the Global Leadership Summit. And God, we're grateful that that foundation is one that we can stand on for our entire lives or come back to when we stray away. God, we're grateful that you meet us right where we are. We thank you. We love you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Take all of your wasted honor, every little past frustration. Take all of your so-called problems, you better put them in quotation. Say what you need to say, say what you need to say. 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 Walking like a one man army. Fighting with the shadow. the same old moment Knowing you'd be better off instead If you could only say 
This is an unusual place to bring you, I know. Not all of us frequent the library with our modern digital savvy when we can download any book of any size in seconds and read it on our, well, whatever we've got. Our field trip to this place will make sense in a little while, but let's go back for a minute. A, a few weeks ago, we had Superhero Sunday at PCC. We finished our annual At The Movies series with Spider-Man, but people came to church that day dressed as all kinds of characters. I mean, there were Wonder Women or Wonder Womans or however you say that. There was Batman and Black Panther and Elastigirl and Power Rangers. And our own Jen Kimball came as Supermom, and she's right about that. Oh, and we had Supergirl. Isn't that about the cutest picture you've ever seen? We also had a mermaid and Olaf, and someone came as Rapunzel, which makes me sad, because if Rapunzel is a superhero, then hair must be a requirement, and I guess I'm out. 
It was a lot of fun that day, and, and we connected some spiritual truth, and we dug into the Bible as we always do. But what's attractive about superheroes is their special power, right? I mean, some can fly, and some have superhuman strength or speed, and some can stop time or even control other minds. And while those are all fiction, did you know that you have something at your disposal that is equally powerful? I'm serious. This is not a joke. You have a power that has been granted to humans uniquely out of all creation. There's something that you possess that is far more powerful than you probably know or realize. Now, maybe there have been moments when we're temporarily aware of the potential of this force that we contain, but most of the time we suffer from temporary memory loss. We just forget that we have it. It's like driving a car. We, we just drive along, right? We're talking to our friend who's riding shotgun or the kids in the back seat, or we're on the phone. You're on the phone with somebody you know, and nobody drives and consciously thinks, you know, if I'm not careful, I could really hurt someone with this thing. Most of us don't get into our vehicle filled with thanksgiving for the combustible engine. We just drive. We take the power and the blessing of it for granted. Yet, you carry this thing that I'm talking about with you today, you carry it with you every day. It can create life. It can destroy life. It can change the world. It can even lead the world to war. Even God Himself uses this tool in unexpected and dynamic ways. You know what this is, right? It's on the tip of your tongue. What we're talking about is the power of words, which is why I decided to bring you to the library, surrounded by words. But these words, the words all around me right now, the words in books, they were vetted and edited and wordsmithed. They were reviewed and scrutinized and revised and revised and revised again, all before they made it here to print. By the time they got here, those speaking knew exactly what they were saying. But our words sometimes come more carelessly. Which brings us to James, the brother of Jesus, who we've been listening to these past few weeks. James's practical teaching gives us some serious words about words. He says it like this. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they're so large and they're driven by strong winds, they're also steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes a great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Brothers and sisters, this should not be, but it is. Words have the ability to bring life or to cut it down. Words carry power and weight. With a word, we can build a bridge, and with a word, we can blow it up. With a word, we can speak life into someone or take life from someone. 
with words an ordinary person can bring extraordinary good or unspeakable evil to the world. And that's why I came to the library today. Surrounded by words seems to be a fitting setting for this conversation. And James would agree, but let's be honest. Many of these words written into a book, housed on a shelf, whatever power they have is dormant so long as the book remains in its assigned place. But these words, your words and my words, are they tamed like these are? Because I submit that James is talking about words that we say to each other and what often makes a life-giving or life-taking moment are the words we speak out loud in the moment. Do you recognize this man? Some do and some don't. But when Todd Beamer spoke the words, let's roll from Flight 93 on September 11th, he said something most of us will never forget. His final words not only protected us from harm, but they ignited our patriotism. Those words brought life, even as those words also brought his own death. With words, Martin Luther King Jr. brought a nation to its knees and began to right a wrong that had continued for three and a half centuries. With passion, he spoke life into the sin of segregation with four simple words. He said, I have a dream. One sentence, FDR, reached into the soul of America and helped her believe in herself. With these words, the president called to action the greatest generation. He said, no matter how long it may take us to overcome this premeditated invasion, the American people in their righteous might will win through to absolute victory. Words define our world and they define our lives. As the proverb says, kind words heal and help, cutting words wound and maim. Words can bring healing and help people around us, but they can also inflict lasting injury. Some of the most important experiences of healing and of wounding have come to my life with words. There were those life-giving words that she spoke to me 31 years ago. I, Susan, take you, Brian, to be my wedded husband. And years later, at the height of my brokenness, when she would whisper healing words beside my tear-filled face every night, she would say, you can go to sleep and I'll be here when you wake up. When Susan was pregnant with our first child, Susan decided that she didn't want to know. She didn't want us to know if it was a boy or a girl, but, but our parents wanted to know. And so we, we go to see the doctor for this ultrasound, the old-fashioned kind, where the baby looks less human and more like a space station or an alien. The doctor wrote down the answer on a piece of paper, and he sealed it in an envelope and handed it to us for delivery to Susan's mom, for her eyes only. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> I wanted to know. So we get to the parking lot, and I pretend I'm going to open it, and Susan starts to cry. So I stop. I stop. No, it's okay. I won't do it. I'm with you. I'm not going to open it. We'll just give it to your mom. And then we stopped at a grocery store and I ran inside. Susan wanted to stay in the car. When I came back out five minutes later, just five minutes, she was smiling. What, I asked, what? And, and then as the words came out of my mouth, I caught out of the corner of my eye the torn apart envelope on the car floor. And then I saw the unfolded note in her hand. It turns out Susan couldn't take it either. The words on the note, barely legible in Dr. Scribble, shaped our future and literally breathed new life into ours. It read simply, 
It's a girl. Words carry incomprehensible power and weight to heal and to help, to wound and to maim. My mom brought me into the house on a Saturday when I was nine years old. I'd been playing in the backyard with all the neighborhood kids. Life was as good as it gets. The world made sense to me. She asked me to sit at the dining room table, and she spoke eight words that would change the course of my future forever. She said, your father and I are getting a divorce. My dad spoke four words on a hot July day in 1988. I sat on the edge of my bed, phone to my ear, and I heard him speak about my best friend, my sanctuary, my fiercest advocate. He said, your granny is gone. Words carry incredible power. They carry weight to help and to heal, to wound and to maim. Even God used words to execute his desire, hovering over the empty, formless darkness. In the earliest moments of creation, God spoke let there be light, were the simplest of words, but they lit a match in the ball of helium and hydrogen that is thousands of years later still burning, 14 million degrees Celsius, producing 400 trillion trillion watts of sunshine power for us every single day. And when God looked at humanity and knew that He had to rescue us from ourselves, He sent His Son in the form of a human being named Jesus Christ. And do you know how Jesus is defined, described in the opening verses of the book of John. Jesus was called the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I like the way Christopher Brooks put it. God described Himself as His own articulation of His own truth. God invented words for us to proclaim the Word as we use our words for help and healing. But we get to choose. I mean, words carry power and weight to heal and to help, but they also carry power to wound and maim. So how are you using your words? Are they healing and helpful, or do they wound and maim? Because you get to decide. You can turn your weapon of war into the breath of life itself, all with your words. And James insists that we do this better. So let me read it to you again. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. So permit me to briefly offer you a little guidance. Allow me a word about your words. Don't buy into the notion that you were born this way or raised this way. You can do something about your words for good or not. They're far more powerful than you might realize. So here are some things to consider. Let positive words far outweigh negative ones. Rabbi Joseph Telushkin wrote this book, Words That Hurt, Words That Heal, and he's lectured all over the world on uh, the power of negative and impactful words. And he often asks audience if they can go just 24 hours without saying any unkind word about or to another person. Imagine for a moment someone giving you that kind of challenge. For 24 hours, you can't talk ill of Joe Biden or Donald Trump or anyone else in their respective parties. You can't say anything negative about the turmoil in college sports or Supreme Court leaks or decisions. You can't speak ill of your boss. You can't say anything unkind to anyone in your family and you can't say anything unkind about anyone in your family. 
You can't post a single unkind word on social media. 24 hours, only positive things, nothing negative at all. When Rabbi Telushkin asks his audience if they can do it, only a, a small number of listeners actually raise their hands and say yes. And Telushkin responds like this. He says, those who can't answer yes must recognize that you have a problem. If you can't go 24 hours without drinking liquor, you're an alcoholic. If you can't go 24 hours without using drugs, you're an addict. And if you can't go 24 hours without saying an unkind word about others, then you've lost control over your tongue. James would agree. And he would lament this. In fact, he does lament this. Brothers and sisters, this should not be. But you have the power to get it back. So track yourself. Get someone to hold you accountable. When I was a kid, my mom had a cussing jar. I, I got a quarter every time she cussed. Now, I won't tell you how much money I raised, but I bought a brand new car when I was 16 with it. Just kidding. That was unkind. Put a jar up. Let your kids charge you every time you say something unkind. Charge yourself, even. Whatever it takes. Commit that you're going to use the power of your words for help and healing, not to womb and to maim. A word about profanity, too. Profanity is a funny thing in language. Culture decides what is acceptable and what's off-color. And it's easy to argue that bad language is in the ear of the beholder. But the truth is that if a word is offensive or causes somebody to stumble, then I've got no reason to keep it in my vocabulary. At the end of the day, I represent Jesus Christ by virtue of my claim to be His followers. And if you're a follower, that's true for you too. So if my, if my language causes someone to second-guess their potential faith in Jesus, then I have failed. It's just not worth it. So to my brothers and sisters, on behalf of those who are watching us, clean up your mouth and talk like someone who wants to honor God. Moving on. Here's a phrase that you should learn to say. Three words that are surprisingly difficult to let loose from your vocal cords for many people. Are you ready? Here they are. I am sorry. I'm always amazed at how hard it is for people to say these words. Most people can agree that they're not perfect in theory. All of us know that we've made some mistakes and still do. But not all of us, when we actually make a mistake, can bring ourselves to apologize for it. You know how you have a favorite list on your phone? The, you know, the people in your life that you call or you text all the time. A short list of, of people who, whose info is right at your fingertips. Well, these three words, I am sorry, should be on your list of words that you can get easily and quickly. Not flippantly. Now, I'm not saying you should speak them without meaning. But, I'm, but, but saying I'm sorry should be something you get good at. It's, it's not fun. It may be slightly uncomfortable. I mean, who likes admitting that they hurt somebody or, or that they're wrong? But you should become an expert at sincerely expressing your regret to your spouse, to your parents, to your kids, to your coworkers, and your friends. I remember a long time ago when my son Joshua, our youngest, was six years old, and I was at home working on this message for Sunday, and, and Joshua asked if I could watch him, if he could watch a movie and I could watch it with him. And, and not looking up from my laptop, I just said, look, you can watch a movie, but dad's got to work right now. And, and I don't have time to play. Well, a few minutes later, he was calling my name and I ignored him for a while. And, 
And then he called my name over and over again. You know how this goes. About the 50th time, I stormed into the living room away from my desk. And I said, didn't you hear me? But I told you I can't play with you right now. I can't watch this movie with you. You need to learn how to play by yourself every once in a while. I spend lots of time with you. We played catch yesterday. We went to the soccer game yesterday. I jumped on the trampoline with you. I just don't understand why you can't spend a few minutes watching a movie by yourself. When I finally quit ranting, his head hanging and tears streaming down his face, Joshua said to me, I can't reach the remote control on top of the TV. Proverbs 12, 18 says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords. So I had to do what I knew was right. I got down on my knees and through my own tears, I said, I shouldn't have talked to you like that. I should have listened to you and I was wrong and I'm sorry. Too many times I've had to look at Susan and tell her I was sorry for snapping at her when I was grumpy or not calling when I was working late, doing something I, not doing something I said I would do. I'm sorry is something I've gotten used to saying to my coworkers and people around me and people in my family. I'm sorry is not a sign of weakness. Not to your husband or wife, not to your kids, not to your friends or the people you work with. It's actually a sign of personal strength. It communicates that you know you're not perfect and you're not afraid to admit it and to do what, whatever it takes to correct your mistakes. I mean, the alternative makes you look insecure it makes you look afraid of looking weak. And the result is carnage and damage and pain, especially in the relationships that matter most. So is there someone to whom you need to say, I'm sorry? There's so many other things that you can do with words. Maybe you need to thank someone who has invested in you or offer a word of encouragement to someone around you. Maybe you need to say, you can do this, or I'm with you, or we'll get through this valley, or I'm so proud of you, or you've made a difference in my life. There's an unending list of life-giving ways for you to use your words. God uses the power of words through the Bible to say things to you and to me like, I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'd rather die than be without you. Words carry incredible power and weight to help and to heal, to wound and to maim. One last way to use your words to give life. Three more words that I find so many people struggle to say. The words, I love you. I know we, we all came from different kinds of backgrounds and, and these words were either never spoken or they were spoken so recklessly as to mean nothing. Either way, for whatever reason, maybe those three words have been removed from your vocabulary and I urge you to get them back. Your kids need to hear you say it. Your spouse needs to hear you say it. The first time my really good friend Hank, one of, one of the closest people in my life, the first time he told me he loved me when I hung the phone up with him was many years ago. And I, I just confess to you, it felt a little weird. The truth is though, he does love me. He's proven that with his actions. So why not seal the deal with the power of words? I say it back now, and why not? I mean, after all, God uses those words when He talks to us. He told Jeremiah the prophet, I have loved you with an everlasting love. The apostle John wrote, we love God because He first loved us. And the most famous verse in the Bible proclaims that God loved the world so much that He sent His only Son for us. So find a way to tell the people you love that you love them. Yeah, we should show our love with our actions. 
I'm down with that. But there's something about those words that communicate something that I can't communicate any other way. Words carry incredible power and weight to help and to heal, to wound and to maim, to breathe life or to hinder it. We're surrounded by words, but the only ones we can control are the ones we possess. So use them well. Use the power of the words that God gave you to do good. And not only will it will the people around you receive those words and it will be a win for them, but because you know you're using that power to build people up, you win too. They made me feel like a prisoner. They made me feel set free. They made me feel like a criminal. They made me feel like a king They've lifted my heart To places I've never been And they've dragged me down Back to where I began Words can build you up And words can break you down Start a fire in your heart
let's point the world back to Jesus with our words. Let's appreciate their power and weight and use them not to wound and to maim, but to help and to heal. This week, take the challenge to let your positive words outweigh your negative ones. Tell someone that you're sorry. Tell someone that you love them. Imagine the impact if everyone who's watching this does just those three things this week. How many people and families will be better six days from now than they are today? Thank you for being with us, and we will see you next week as we continue our series in James.